Welcome to the CGOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, Bob Irving joins me to talk about the PGA Tours merger with Live Golf. Spoiler alert, Bob thinks they sold out. Also, EJ Anasike of the Winnipeg Sea Bears joins me to talk about their big win in Vancouver. That's all coming up on the podcast. We turn our attention back to golf and a man who I know really doesn't like the Saudi tour. He has made it very clear about 600 times on Twitter, much to the chagrin of some of his followers. I think I looked at some of the comments today. It is Bob Irving, legend of CJOB, longtime voice of the Bombers. Haven't had you on in a while, Bob. Hope you're doing well. I'm doing very well, Christian. How are you? I'm doing well. Actually, until I texted you today, uh, yeah. the, the last time I, I checked in my phone, it was a message from you before I did the, uh, the play-by-play for the Bombers game last year wishing me the best so appreciate that uh you've been busy on your retirement circuit but of course following all the sports stories closely as you do this news today with the saudi tour and the pga tour merging first of all were you as stunned as most people were i would say i was as stunned as most people were i found out about mid-morning christian i got a a notification from somebody that hey have you heard that live and the pga tour have merged and I said, get out of here. And I turned on CNBC, and there they were doing an interview with Jay Monahan, who's the commissioner of the PGA Tour and the leader of the Saudi Arabia Public Investment Fund, about how the two had been holding secret meetings for, I guess, a number of weeks, uh, unbeknownst to anybody, including Greg Norman and Rory McIlroy and all the big names surrounding the two golf tours the last couple of years. None of them had a clue what was going on. And here they are today, just out of nowhere, making this announcement that they've merged those two tours and the DP World Tour, which used to be called the European Tour. So, yes, it was, a, I think, a stunner for everybody. I know I've been following the reports and reading lots of stuff all day long, and uh, everybody's been blindsided by this, just totally blindsided that these two, in particular the PGA Tour and the Live Tour, have, have come to an agreement and come to a merger. You called it a hypocritical sellout yeah. by the PGA Tour on Twitter. And, and I think a lot of people are, are looking at it the same way because they were very sanctimonious about the live tour and players that were sticking with the tour, you know, holding the flag high. Hey, we're this is the moral high ground. And then they took the money that the live guys took. Did they not? Well, sure. And Jay Monahan, the commissioner of the PGA Tour, has already said he expects people to accuse him of hypocrisy, and he accepts those criticisms. He understands where they come from, and his response to that is that circumstances have changed. And then, of course, he doesn't go into the details of what he considers these circumstances to be. My guess is, Christian, most of them are legal. Uh, Both uh, tours, Liv and PGA, had filed suits against one another. There were very, very complicated legal issues that were going to be extended probably for years maybe that would cost well it would certainly cost both tours a lot of money but the money's no problem for the saudis they have a you know an endless supply of it uh so i i think that would be one of the things that would have prompted the pga tour to maybe and we don't know who prompted the first discussion about this merger there's so much we don't know about this and how it's all going to play out down the road there's just so many elements of it that uh, we're going to have to learn about in the the days and weeks ahead. But I think back to Jay Monahan, the commissioner of the PGA Tour, appearing on 
CBS a year ago and talking about 9-11 and how the Saudis were driving the planes that uh, created the havoc of 9-11 and how how could any golfer, you know, not feel for the families of the 9-11 people who were killed and how could they possibly get involved with the Saudis? And it was very sanctimonious, you're right. And so that, you know, he's eating those words now and I know those clips are being played all over the place Uh yeah, you know, and players like Rory McIlroy, who stood up for the PGA Tour, and others, not just Rory, but there there were lots of them who said, no, no, I'm not taking the, the blood money, the dirty money. I'm going to be loyal to the PGA Tour. McIlroy, Christian, was offered $500 million to, to join Liv. Uh, Hideki Matsuyama apparently was offered $300 million and turned it down. Tiger Woods, according to some reports, was offered close to a billion dollars. And you might say, well, you need the money. We're talking about a billion dollars here or half a billion dollars. But they turned it down because they felt it was wrong. They stood on principle, right? And now I just wonder how those guys are feeling about this. And so I want to hear more from both sides and particularly from Jay Monahan on why he felt the PGA Tour had to merge with Liv, why they couldn't just carry on by themselves because Liv had become somewhat irrelevant, in my opinion. You never knew when their tournaments were on. They were they were poorly covered. The ratings on CW, which is where they're carried on TV, were non-existent. Uh, the crowds they drew at their tournaments weren't very good. So they were kind of off in the shadows there. And I, So my suspicion might be that Liv understood that. I say Liv. The Saudi Arabians understood that and wanted to get you know, more profile in golf. So what they've done, they've bought the PGA Tour. Okay, Saudi Arabia now owns the PGA Tour. That's really what it boils down to. And Brandel Shambly, who's been extremely critical of the whole thing on the Golf Channel, and Eamon Lynch is another one, for those who watch the Golf Channel, uh, this is a sad day for golf in their opinion. Now, in the years ahead, maybe it's not such a sad day, but right now it looks to me and many others I would say thousands of others, like the PGA Tour, has sold out to the Saudi money. Money trumps morality. That's the way I see it. And a lot of people on the, that same side with you. So you're, I take it a little disappointed by this. <laughs> well, look, I'm a golf fan, okay? And I, I know this is a complicated issue. I get that. And I also know, Christian, that the Saudis are involved uh, in business dealings with all sorts of companies worldwide, okay, including many in the States, including many who sponsor uh, tournaments on the PGA Tour. So this is a tangled, it's a bit of a tangled web here, you know, and, and so I'm open-minded enough to understand that. One of the things I wonder is how will some of these sponsors who have stood behind PGA Tour events for years feel about this? How will they react? Will they pull their money out? Not that money will ever be an issue again because the Saudis have an endless supply. And the more they pour in, the more control they'll take of this, and they will own golf more than ever. So I'm disappointed, yeah, but I... I also acknowledge that it's far more complicated than it's not cut and dried. I know that. And I look forward to watching the U.S. Open and the Canadian Open this week and, you know, the British Open. And I hope, I guess my fondest hope as a golf fan, Christian, would be that things don't change in terms of these major tournaments, the Colonial that's on the PGA Tour, the Canadian Open, Jack Nicklaus's Memorial last week. I hope those tournaments you know, the integrity of what the PGA Tour has stood for. I hope they all are still there. This is something we don't know. Will the Live still be 
running their own tournaments. Now we're talking about next year. I guess they're going to finish out this year. But next year, nobody knows how this is all going to break down. And again, Jay Monahan said today, those details will all, you know, come to everybody's uh, vision as the days and, and months roll ahead. So I remain a golf fan. I will watch golf. Uh, I'm curious, like everybody else, to see how it all unfolds and how it will change the look of the game and everything else. But, uh, uh, you know, I'm just, like I say, I, I want to wait and see what happens. But at the the bottom line is the Saudis have bought the PGA Tour. They have bought the PGA Tour. And they're going to pour billions more dollars in. And the golfers are going to win. They're going to make more money uh, than ever, Christian. And, and they have been. I mean, the purses went up, as you know, when Live formed. And they will continue to go up because the Saudis buy what they want to buy, it appears. And they have bought the PGA Tour. Get you uh, one last golf question, then I'll ask you about the CFL because I have you on the show. I might as well ask you about the CFL. Sure. Have Have you actually ever watched the Live Tour? No. Okay. okay. I refuse to. I've seen. I saw one brief highlight. This would be many weeks ago, uh, and I can't even remember what it was. But I have no interest. First of all, I, I don't like where the money comes from. Okay, I have a real problem with the human rights issues in Saudi Arabia on a personal level. And having said that, I get the fact that many companies do business with them on a personal level. I don't like that. I don't like what they've done to golf. I don't like the fact that they can. They have the power to buy these things. So for those reasons, I've never, I've never watched it. I don't like the concept of 54 holes versus 72. I don't like the team concept. The only team concept I like is the Ryder Cup. Now, what happens to the Ryder Cup? Yeah. You know, we have to hope that that doesn't change. But so, no, I've never watched. Have you? No, I, I think it's hard to watch in Canada as it is because yeah. I, I don't. I CW. I don't think we get the CW. But anyway, uh, CFL. The season yeah. begins this week. We know that you're retired, but you still love sports and you still love CFL. Are you, are you still watching every game? Yes, I watched every game last year, and if I wasn't able to watch it live, I taped it and watched it again. It's funny. I've had a hard time. No, I shouldn't say hard time because I enjoy it. Uh, sort of removing myself from that milieu, from the whole sports milieu. But then I'm no different than than any sort of sports nut, right? You, you, you're interested in everything, and it doesn't matter whether you're working in our business or not. You're still a fan, and you watch things. So, yes, I'm quite intrigued by the upcoming season, uh, starting tomorrow night when Calgary – or Tuesday, isn't it? Thursday night when Calgary plays BC. Uh, there's been some quarterback changes all across the league, and – we know the Bombers come back with a stacked-looking roster, and Hamilton's going to bring Bo Levi in here on Friday night, and that's going to look so different. So, yeah, I'm I'm really fired up about the upcoming season, see how it all plays out. I would say it's a unanimous thought that Winnipeg is the favorite right now because of all the continuity they have on both sides of the ball. Where would you say the weakness baby is on this Blue Bomber team right now? Well, it's in stopping the run uh, from what we saw in the preseason, and I think we saw it last year, too. Uh, they weren't as good last year as they were in 2021 in terms of stopping the run. Now, having said that, they were still pretty good defensively, so I don't think it's a major issue, but we're going to have to see. Ever since Stove Richardson left, they haven't. St- that was 2021 where he had that great year. They haven't stopped the run quite as well, but w- when you ask me the, the weakest area, I don't think it's a major concern. Uh, Christian, I think they'll be good enough on defense and on the defensive front to, you know, 
to, to win games, and they should have a very explosive offense, especially when Kenny Lawler gets back on the field. But even without him, they should have a very productive and explosive offense. And I think the real edge they have over the other teams is the continuity. So they should be able to come out of the gate uh, with an edge over everybody because the players are all familiar and it doesn't. they don't need the time that some other teams will need to kind of you know get in sync. Well, on that topic, you look around the CFL and the, there's so much change this offseason yeah. where you look at the quarterbacks now, like Vernon Adams Jr. is back, but he was barely there last year. Jake Mayer is now the starter for sure. But around the league, I mean, it's new guys almost everywhere at quarterback. And so I'm wondering if the level will take a while to kind of get to the point where it's really good, if it's going to take a few weeks for the games and the quality to really be solid. Well, yeah, that's a very good point. Uh, you get Trevor Harris in Saskatchewan working behind a, you know an offensive line that might be improved, but new receivers. Uh, Fajardo in Montreal, the same thing. I think the Alouettes are really going to have some issues. They look to me like, you know, they could be in for a tough year. Will Jer- Jeremiah Mazzoli be able to come back and play uh, the way he can play for Ottawa? How's Bo going to do in Hamilton? Uh, yeah, there's tons of questions. And then you, you mentioned. Uh, BC and then Dane Evans had a great preseason game, the first preseason game they played, and so maybe he's their starter after two or three weeks. Who knows? There's, there's lots of the only there's going to be Chad Kelly in Toronto, and apparently he's the guy, and there's nobody behind him. And we got Zach Calaris here in Winnipeg, and of course Bo in Hamilton too. But uh, there could be a lot of flux at the quarterback position as the year goes on. So who is the biggest threat to Winnipeg then? Uh, in the West or overall? Let's go both. Okay. Well, in the West, it's, geez, it's probably Calgary again. You know, I, I don't know how it couldn't be. They were good last year. They're good every year. Uh, you know, I think if BC had Nathan Rourke, I would say it's BC, but it's got to be Calgary again. And then, I don't know, Hamilton looks pretty good. They made a lot of changes in the off season. They did some serious work in the, the free agency business. Uh, Chad Kelly, the quarterback in Toronto, we don't know if he's going to be any good or not. You know, I think there's high expectations for him there, but uh, boy, that's a real uh, wild card there. So I would say Hamilton in the East and Calgary in the West. All right. And uh, any other sports thoughts burning a hole in your pocket before I let you go? Well, that Stanley Cup playoff game last night was a beauty. And, you know, the Vegas Knights, I said, Somebody asked me before this. I was on with Hal, and he said, "Who do you think will win?" And I said, "I think Vegas." Well, I was cheering for Florida because of Paul Maurice, but I said, "I just think Vegas is deeper and stronger in the whole nine yards." And boy, did they ever show it last night! Now, Florida's got to get a little more discipline going. If they can do that, then Bobrovsky can bounce back and play like he did earlier in the playoffs. So, you know, they could win the next game, and then then they're right back in it. But uh, Boy, it looks to me like the, you know their Cinderella run is going to end here before too long, and, and the Vegas Knights in their sixth year of existence are going to win the Stanley Cup. Yeah, I think so too, Bob. Appreciate your time. Thanks for this, and uh, enjoy the retirement. We'll probably bump into you at the Bomber game coming up, Christian. I'm available anytime to talk about sports because <laughs> I don't know much, but I know a little bit about that. The Winnipeg Sea Bears improved to three and one thanks to a 106-103 win over the Vancouver Bandits in Langley. It was one of those school day games. Started at 11 a.m. local time. Winnipeg got off to a hot start. They led 60 to 38 at the half. 97-81 at the start of target score time. But as has happened in their first three games, they struggled once the game clock went away. Winnipeg got to within a point of victory 
at 105.95. An 8-0 Vancouver run made it a one-possession game, but his guard Teddy Allen slipped and missed a pass. The whistle blew for a foul that probably shouldn't have been called, but there's no video review at this point of the season. They bring it back in the end of the season in the playoffs, but Allen was hobbled. He couldn't shoot the free throw. A.J. Hess comes off the bench, seals the game from the line. The Seabars have been outscored in their four games so far, 72-32 to 32 in target score time. They get big leads, target score time begins, and they just aren't as good anymore. They they keep getting come back on, but they're 3-1, and one, and that's the most important thing for them. After the contest, I talked to Fort EJ Anasike, who had 22 points on 9-15 of 15 shooting today. We started by talking about how it feels to be 3-1. and one. Uh, It feels great. It's a step in the right direction as a team. Uh, something that we can go back and learn from and keep building. You get this big lead going into target score time, and Vancouver makes a pretty big push. How do you make sure that when the other team's hard charging like that, you're able to come away with it? Because that's a few times now we've seen this season. You get up big going into target score, and then the other team has this big run. Um, You know, one thing about our, our team is that we're all really close. Um, you know, we're a very close in the team. So when adversity comes, we all come together and overcome it. You know, every team makes its run. It's on us to improve as a team and get better to close the game out. But, you know, it's just a testament of our toughness and our will never to quit. And, um, you know, early in the season, many guys never played with Elam before. So it's kind of different and we're still adjusting. But, you know, we're able to close out the win and that's the most important thing. For you now playing with this Elam ending, what's what's been your thoughts on it now that you've played four games with it? You know, I'm familiar with it because I played in the TBT last year. Um, but, you know, it's, it's a chess match, like I told the team. Um, you just want to go execute and get the best possible shot and, you know, play together and close the game out one possession at a time. So, you know, that's just for me, being an older guy, just explaining it to the team and telling them, you know, there's nine points to just chip, out, chip away at it one possession at a time. Now, you said that this team's very close. Everyone's come in from all over the place as an expansion team. How long did it take for this group to click? Um, honestly, I think it just took a couple meals, a couple of times of us going out to eat together and laughing. Um, and, you know, Coach Taylor did a great job of having all of us spend a lot of time together when we first got here. So, you know, I just think the chemistry's evolving, and, you know, it's a great – we're in a great city we're in Winnipeg. The fans love us. The fans are nice. Um, so it's just a welcoming and warming environment for everybody to be themselves. What did you know about Winnipeg before you signed here? Um, that's a great question. I didn't know much about it, but I'm learning a lot more, and I met some great people that I'm very thankful for. Um, and I'm very happy to have Winnipeg a part of my journey. Did you ever think that Canada was going to be a stop on your basketball journey over the years? Um, you know, I'm still young, so you know, I'm just I'm the type of guy that loves to travel anywhere. So I'm just thankful to be in Canada. I never knew I'd be here when I'll be here, but you know, hey, it's a start. Growing up in New Jersey, what were your thoughts on Canada? Or did you really think about Canada much? Oh, I went to high school. Um, you know, a lot of guys from Canada, you know, went to school in New Jersey. Tyler Ennis, Tristan Thompson, Michael Bongo. Like, the list goes on. So I was very familiar with a lot of Canadian basketball players, and they were always telling me about Toronto and Canada. So I always knew there was great hoops up here. So, you know, it's kind of funny now how life works. Now I'm in here, and then the state's playing. So it's beautiful. How would you describe your game? 
Um, it's a, I'm a very versatile player. You know, that's something that um, I take pride in and I worked a lot on. Um, you know, I watched a lot of Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, uh, guys like that, you know, that I could try and learn from the best in their craft. And, you know, I just add my own spin to it. So, you know, that for me, being versatile and being able to help the team in any way, uh, that's very important uh, to be a coach's favorite player. Teddy Allen has been a big part of the offense so far this season. 22 points, 15 rebounds today. Had 42 last week in a game. What does he bring to the team? Um, you know, he's a high-level, talent, talented player. Um, you know, he definitely sets the tone for the team with his aggressiveness. So, you know, that that, that dimension, you know, it's, it's great to have. And, you know, I, everyone's confident in him and the way he plays. So, you know, it's very beautiful to play with. Did you have any expectations for this team when the season began, being that you were an expansion team? Um, I technically, I never really think about us being an expansion team. I just look at us as a team. And at the end of the day, everyone got to tie their shoes and same and go on the court and compete. So I know once when I get on the team, what I bring to the table, I know coach, he's a great coach, and he know how to bring guys together. So I was ready to ride and battle against anybody. And I believe like, we can compete for a championship, and that's the goal. That was the only goal on my mind. And you feel like that's possible with this group? You tell me. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. Uh, today's match started at 11 a.m. local time, 1 p.m. Winnipeg time. Was that weird for you, or is that fine? I, I'm a, I'm a very – I love to play basketball. So any time of the day, I was ready to play. Uh, so, you know, it was fun playing in front of the kids. You know, it was like the little field trip, so that was cool. Um, so it was a great experience, you know. It just shows how much of a basketball player and professional you got to be. You got to be ready to hoop at any time of the day. Now, you've only played that one home game in front of that crazy crowd. Uh, you got another one coming up next Monday, your next home game. You have a game in between then. But what was it like playing in, in front of that home crowd a couple weeks ago? Um, it was something to be proud of. Uh, first and foremost, I'm very thankful to our fans. You know, like you said, it's our first year team. So to have the community and everyone be behind us and support us. You know, a lot of fans have been very welcoming to us as well. So especially for many guys who transitioned from out of the country to Winnipeg. And, you know, it's it's a great experience. So just that family, that family environment, the team and fan community, uh, that's just beautiful. And you definitely we play hard and we compete and you definitely put on a show for the fans. And finally, that next game against Saskatchewan coming up on Friday. What happens between now and then? A lot of preparation, a lot of water, drinking water, um, eating some good food, and, you know, watching film and practicing. Same old, same old. Do you guys come home in between, or you just go right there? Oh, we're going right there. That's what we're doing right now. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll let you go uh, get that done. EJ, appreciate your time. Thanks for this, and congrats again on the win today. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more every weeknight on CJOB from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places I'd imagine. So farewell until we meet again. Come on and thanks for all the fish. So sad that it should come to this. We try to warn you over the day. You may not share our intellect, which might explain the